What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, and get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with somebody and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks, I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception! All the way from New York City, Danny Fallon. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I'm I'm doing well. Can't complain. Adjusting to this weather. Yeah, it's terrible outside. Yeah, I just got here from Florida. So, yay, you know, gang, gang, you Florida know boy, through yeah. and through. I didn't see snow until last year. Ever in your life? Yeah. Oh, you're from Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I grew up in Indiana. So you've seen snow. Yeah. I went down there for rehab. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into yeah, it. of course. Uh, Danny, plug everything up front. You have your new special out, uh, your Instagram, your social media. Let everybody know where they can find you. Okay, yeah. First things first, I got a new uh, full-length special, 52 Minutes. It's on YouTube. It's called My Ex Drug Dealer. <laughs> you can find that on my YouTube, which is my same as, it's the same as my other social handles, Danny Fallon, haha. Or just type in my ex drug dealer Danny Fallon, and then Instagram, TikTok, Danny Fallon, haha. Facebook, I got a business account. You okay, know how it is. And uh, oh yeah, do yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Perfect. Well, this is the first time I've had you on the show. I wanted to have you on. Uh, a mutual friend of ours suggested when I was telling him about the podcast. He's like, "You've got to get my friend Danny on." Yeah. He just had a special come out, so he's got something to promote, and he is used. Or no, he said he used to be a mess. So yeah, I wanted to get you on to kind of talk about it. So. First, let's. Uh, I want to get to know you a little bit. Um, you said you're originally from Indiana. Yeah, I was born in Chicago, and we moved to Indiana when I was like six. And okay, I grew up there. And then, have you always been into comedy, performing, or how did you kind of get into this world? Um, I've always been into performing. I wanted to be a musician. Okay, you know, that was my big thing. I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah, you know, classic. Uh, Kurt Cobain figured, you know, I do heroin, I do yeah. music, it should work out. Do you out. play? Do you play? Yeah, I play bass, uh, guitar, drums, okay. a little bit of keyboard. I sing. I had a rapping phase like any white guy with yeah, a drug problem. Of course you did. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I did too. Yeah. You know, we all thought we were going to be the next back I've yeah. yeah. It was Eminem for me because I'm a little older, but I was just like, yeah. I remember my twin sister, her first series boyfriend is was and still is a, a, a rapper. Yeah. He's a hip hop. Well, he's more of an artist now, like he does R&B and stuff. But I remember we used to all just stand in a circle, get fucked up and like, and I try to freestyle with them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? This is so <laughs> bad. You had a little bit of awareness. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, this is terrible, but I'm hammered. So let's yeah, try it. Sure. Um, so how did you end up getting into comedy? Um, well, once I got, uh, sober, I was like, hmm, maybe not the music thing anymore. Okay. You know, just because I was like, so wrapped up in that idea of like, you got to get fucked up to yeah. be creative. And, um, and then like after a while I was just like, I would tell people stories mm -hmm. kind of like your podcast, I, I'm guessing. And, uh, people would be like, you have, you know, I, I, I always thought that everyone, every person who used to do drugs and drink like was just a great storyteller I, yeah yeah and then i not. found out no yeah, yeah no not, it's insane not. how many times i share stories even at meetings and people are like you got to like come to the speaker meeting and share your story and i go isn't this the same story everybody has right, right it's like right. maybe it's similar things but we can't tell it like you can tell right, it right yeah the memory some people can't even remember yeah you know yeah and uh so yeah, I think just that and just a bunch of people in recovery being like, you should do that. And then feeling that that hole of like, oh, I still want to be a performer. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to do something. I thought I was going to be like an actor maybe or something. Yeah. Because I felt like I had, you know, been such a chameleon, you know? We were just talking about that before yeah. you got here. Really? Yeah, because the one-man show, um, Suki, our engineer, was like uh, – He's like, yeah, man, I, you cried during the first one, and I thought it was because it was really emotional. But then a bunch of the people from Gotham Production Studios came to the second show, and they go, no, he cried then too. And he goes, so you just did it? And I go, well, yeah. And he's like, 
that's acting, man. You can, that's really acting. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah, totally. Like you pretend that you're fine or yeah. if you're trying to get out of trouble, you pretend that you, everything's fucked up. Yeah, I don't even really like believe my own emotions. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, that's not that's not even real. Like if if I like if I'm being like, you know what I mean? You know, you know, <laughs> I know exactly what like, you like, mean. I don't have faith in my own emotions. That's why, like, you know, like frothy emotional peel. You know. Not to... <laughs> so, I wanted to get into all of this because you said that um, when you uh, got sober, you kind of felt that void of like performing and stuff, which yeah. is something I can really relate to because I started comedy in two thousand and nine. Mm. And that's when I went to my first open mic. By the second open mic, I changed all my social media handles to Brennan T. Comedy because I'm a comic now. Nice. Um, Classic. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then through a series of events, uh, by like 2015, I stopped doing comedy altogether. Okay. Um, and then by 2018, when I got sober, I I remember I was six, it was like three months into my sobriety. And I remember talking to my sponsor and I was like, listen, man. If my life is going to be meetings, working two jobs, and going to the gym every day, you can have it. I don't want this. Like right. I don't. I don't know what's missing, but something is significantly missing. Right. And that's when he's like, "Well, two things: you have to do more service work and help others. But secondly, you have to find something you're passionate about." And he was like, "What about comedy? You talked about how you love comedy and you used to do comedy, and then you stopped when you started when you fell, you know, fell off." And he's like, "Why don't you get back into that?" And that's what saved my life because yeah. I started doing comedy again, and I was like. Okay, so this is the thing that I love to do and I want to keep doing, but I can't do it fucked up because I'm terrible when I get fucked up. So right. I had to relearn how to do comedy sober. Mm. But then I was like, oh, this is this is it. This is the thing. So for you, when you got sober and you were like, well, it's not going to be music. You thought it was going to be acting and then you kind of transitioned into comedy. Yeah, I mean, it took a while. Like I didn't do comedy until like four and a half years sober. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it wasn't like I just really didn't have... Yeah, I was just so focused on like just like just staying sober and doing that whole thing. Yeah, that I really like. I was like, I felt that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. Like, I would like go like oh, audition for a band or whatever. But then I didn't have an instrument because I didn't because I have commitment issues. So I was like, <laughs> I don't want to buy a bass. So I'm like showing up to an audition, and be like, can I use your? Can bass? I buy? <laughs> like, because I'm not gonna buy a bass unless I'm in the band, you know. And you guys <laughs> put me in the band, and then I'll go out yeah, and buy the right. bass. Like, I don't, I'm confused about what the confusions were. Right. And uh, so I did, you know, like I went to an improv class, I think in like 2016. Okay. One time with my friend who uh, he's very mentally unwell, but uh, uh, I'm just like thinking like if he would listen to this or whatever and he would piece it together. And then like I started thinking like maybe not go into his whole DSM-5. <laughs> uh, but I met him because of a HIPAA violation. He was like a, a friend. He was a friend that I met while I was working at a treatment center. Okay. Anyhow, this probably didn't need to be said, but uh, anyhow, uh, I went to an improv class with him, and then like two weeks later, this is actually funny. You know what? Fuck it. I'll say the whole story. So, <laughs> so, so then I was still working at the treatment center, and then two weeks later, we went to the improv class again. Yeah. And then, and so I had given him a ride, and he was acting kind of a little, little off. The next day, I'm at work, and they like, you need to go pick up a new client, and they gave me a post-it note. With an address, and I'm like, oh, no, that address looks really familiar. And it was my friend. Oh, shit. So the night before, we were at an improv class. Yeah. And then the next day, I was picking him up to bring him back to treatment for, like, mental health stuff. God. And I was like, hey, buddy. What's <laughs> up, man? Like, it was really. You want to go for another yeah. ride? Come yeah. on. Get in the car. It's just strange, dude. That's And that's, like, South Florida in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. Like, that whole lifestyle. Yeah. But I remember, like, not only did my friend. Uh, my improv buddy go to uh, you know treatment, so we couldn't go to improv together. But also, like I was just like, I don't want to be an improver. Yeah. Like I had like that's what I love about comedy is like it it opened me up to things because it's like back then I was just like, okay, I'm doing. It was like very literal. It was like, oh, I'm going to improv, but I don't want to do improv. Yeah. So I'm gonna stop doing improv. Whereas if I would have just stuck with improv for whatever reason, just been like whatever and stopped worrying about it. First of all, I would have gotten better at timing and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like stage I presence. Met pet, I would have met people. Who knows? Maybe it would have been in a play or, yeah. or you know, done sketches. Maybe I would have gotten to stand up sooner. Because the first time me and my buddy went to that improv class, the guy was like, are you guys comics? And we're like, no. Like, And we didn't even, I didn't even think didn't about Didn't even it. register, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, so that was like a regret, but whatever, all things, you know. Whatever things happen, yeah, things happen. Well, I don't it's know interesting if they you say that because they 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 do happen. <laughs> they do happen. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in that. People are always like, for a reason. I go, well, it it happened. Yeah, that's it. Definitely yeah. happened. Yeah. 
I'm not going to argue that point. Right. Um, I've had people on. Uh, shout out to uh, Samantha Santos and JC Mendoza. They both. And I've had plenty of people on who started in improv yeah. and then transitioned into stand-up. But they both went to uh, an improv class. And that's how they met like Julio Diaz and Cypher Sounds and all these like people in New York. Because right. it was just kind of like an entry point into doing comedy. Yeah. So I completely agree with you that, you know, I'm... I hate improv. Yeah, uh, sure. And for everybody who Naturally. listens, they know that I'm yeah. I'm like I'm not against it, but I'm just like, yeah, cool. Cool, you guys. Uh that's so cool. Uh right. But it's definitely a, a, a great way, like I said, a jumping off point to like get involved in all this kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Especially with comfortability on stage yeah. because at least with stand up, we know where we're going. Like right. we kind of know what we're doing. With improv, you have no idea. So it is it is a great way to build confidence on stage. That's for sure. Totally. I mean, um, you know, I have a friend who does improv, and he he's pretty much like, yeah, most improv is bad. Yeah. And he's like a teacher, and so I started doing his class once I was into stand up. Okay. And I've enjoyed that, and I just feel like you know, with us now, it's like once you're doing stand up, you're like. I'm trying to do anything to like unlodge yeah, the yeah. material. Like I know it's in there. It's like just start mining so for I, gold. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, let me walk a different way home, or you know, let me just go on this random trip or this excursion just to like try to unlodge yeah, yeah. more material. You That's know? what happened with the one man show. I was writing these stories out, and some of the stories I've turned into bits. And then what happens is when I go back because it's been a bit for so long, right? That when I go back and my you know the oh, I'm writing the script and my director's helped me out and he goes well what give me all the details from that story like not the bit give me every detail and then it starts unlocking things and I'm like right oh I can add this to the bit yeah. like I th- all right this is a whole new bit entirely mm-hmm. like I just figured this out from going back and thinking about this stuff that I hadn't thought about in years and it's all from just doing the one man show so it definitely can open up a lot of mental doors yeah for sure so when you uh so you do the improv thing and then everything happens with your friend and then when did you get into stand-up oh yeah so like then yeah again it was just like i had this like you know i still had that feeling but again like life just you know life happened oh yeah i was playing paintball and i was working and i was you know were you doing paintball competitively yeah like as a real thing yeah i still do fuck yeah. yeah Yeah, I um I started playing paintball competitively again in like 2018. Okay, sort of 2017, but I couldn't really afford it, and I've been playing ever since. Yeah, are you like my team is like we just went semi pro this year? Hell yeah, yeah. So hopefully I can still play even though I moved to New York. It's like a whole it's kind of up in the air right now. But, yeah, well, uh, that's sick. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's it's not like comedy. Like I'm like I can be like very. Uh, like I'm unabashed about like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good at paintball. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's I'm, not like comedy where you're like, eh. it's like, no, art is subjective, but this yeah. is a, this is an athletic thing. So right. it's not subjective. Like you're right. either good or you're not. It's like objectively I am good yeah. at paintball. Yeah. I am in the top. I literally said subjective top. and then I couldn't find objectively in my head. I was like, yeah, it's the thing that you do and you're either good or you're bad. <laughs> hey, um, the brain. <laughs> so you get into stand up, and when, when when did when did that happen? Yeah, so you're doing like paintball, and then like you keep asking me a straight up question, and I'm just like, well, uh, actually, let's talk yeah. about this. Okay, so so I basically I don't know I procrastinate, you know, yeah. and I and I and you know I had fear, a lot of fear, and uh, so people had told me, and then finally, um, I pretty much just was like, I think maybe 2019 in the beginning, I was like, I should do stand up because I remember at the end of 2018, I was like, I will get to the point here. At the end of 2018, I was like, again, I was like sober and I was like, I'm going to move to L.A. to be an actor. Yeah. And like I told a bunch of people in my life, like I couldn't stand my job and stuff. And like luckily people. What were you life, doing at the time? Uh, healthcare recruiting. OK. So I was getting like nurses, traveling jobs. Yeah. And uh, luckily I had people in my life, my support system that I told them like, OK, you want to move to L.A. to do acting. But like, what have you done to yeah. prepare for that? And I was like, oh. Shit. Yeah, I did an improv class twice, like two years ago. Like maybe, maybe start getting the wheels moving here, and then do it again in a year. You know, yeah. like maybe move to LA because I was like, because I'd already done that when I was a kid. I moved to LA for the music thing when I was nineteen, <clears throat> and I was not prepared enough. <laughs> I mean, if I hadn't been such a drug addict, maybe it could have worked out. Yeah, but, absolutely. But um, yeah, I, there's no way I would have survived moving to New York when I was still using. Oh like, no, when I was still drinking and yeah. stuff, I'd be fucking. Yeah, I moved to LA when I was nineteen. And I ended up in Garden Grove. Uh, no How quotes. far is that? It's like it would be like saying you're moving to Miami and living in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you like know, it would be like minutes. it'd be like saying you're moving to New York and you're in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, like, and um, 
and then I just didn't smoke meth instead. Yeah. Like, like I did. That's that's what happened. I lasted for like two and a half months. You know. Uh, Awake the whole time. Yeah. Um. So so how did I get into comedy? So finally that year I was procrastinating, procrastinating, and finally um I was presenting someone. I was doing something. Uh, doing something that you know whatever, and uh, and then someone was like, "Hey, you're you're uh that was really funny. You should come with me to this open mic." And I'd been kind of procrastinating, so I was like. When is it? And like next week, I'm like, all right, I'm giving you my word that I'll be there. Yeah, because that way I knew if I gave him my word uh, that I'm gonna have to go. Mm-hmm. And so the it's next week, program. the next week I went and uh, okay, so you did. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then I finally did it. And I think before that, a couple weeks before, or a month before, I had written out like what I thought was gonna be my whole first special. Yeah. Not oh, even, you're no, not oh, even wow. whole set. It was like it was a it was literally like three pages. It yeah. was like Danny Fallon, I might be gay. And like that was like the whole title or something. And it was You like, already had your special title. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, I think one of those bits was in my special. Okay. So yeah, uh, you kept some of it. So some of it, you know. But yeah, there was a lot of, maybe some of it was a lot more of it, but yeah. I had like all these because I, I didn't know how to write comedy yet. Yeah. So it was more like a book. I had just written like I sort of knew, but it was it was very clunky. But oh then, yeah, the, but definitely. Yeah. So That's now it. you end up in New York, and you came you came to New York from Florida, Florida, South Florida. Yeah. Okay, and that you were down in South Florida for the treatment centers and stuff. Yeah, is that how there. you ended up down yeah. there? Yeah, I went down there for rehab with the plan of staying down there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, was, I went to rehab in Jacksonville. That's why I asked. Okay. Um, I went down to uh, Delray Beach, Florida. I lived in Delray. 14. Okay. I played uh, college football at FAU, so I'm very familiar okay. with that area. Yeah. Yeah, that was my stomping ground for the last eight years. Hell yeah. Yeah. So let's go back. I want to I want to go all the way back since uh, you had mentioned being so- – how long have you been sober now? Um, since October 6, 2014. Okay. That's awesome, man. Thanks, man. May 31st, 2018. Hell yeah. Not bro. like we're counting or anything. No. Whip my dick out. So I, I want to talk about how you, you got into that situation. And then, like I said, if, if you think of any stories like where it comes into comedy and then we'll get to some of these stories, because some of these all take place uh, bef- way before that. Uh, well, not way like the Halloween is 2018. The sleeping in the trash can obviously was before that. But I want to I want to kind of address just how you got into it, because and you know this, but for the listeners, there's always a point where it's fun and you're like just having a good time. And then eventually something happens where you just can't go back and you're like, oh, this is like I need this now to survive. And that's mm-hmm. obviously what my one man shows about. And I know uh, a lot of you, what you talk about on stage is about that similar kind of thing. So mm-hmm. when did you start like drinking and doing drugs? And then when did you realize like, oh, fuck? Hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty quickly. OK. I mean, my 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 drinking and drugging career was uh, <laughs> was uh, quick. You okay. know, like I. I I started the first time like the first time I smoked a cigarette was I think October 2010. Okay. And I think I had like a drink somewhere in that like fall like I had a rum and coke at my parents while they weren't home. How and old were you then? 17. Okay. And then the first time I really like the first time I smoked weed, I didn't get high but that was Christmas break senior year. Yeah. And then I was con- I was determined to get high. So the next time, I bought a blunt from this kid, Chris Sons. What's up, Chris Sons? Shouts Suns, out. What up? He does open mics in uh, Crown Point, Indiana still. There we go. Uh, not still, like in a bad way, but just like, yeah, he yeah. still lives He's there. in there. And also he does open If you're in mics Indiana, there. check out uh, Chris Sons. Madalona Martin, shouts out. Just go check out Chris Sons. He's an Indiana comic. He's been yeah. on the show. Yeah, Hell yeah. He's sober for a while, too. Okay. Right on. <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, whatever. So I bought a blunt from him. Yeah. Um, and uh, we just me and this other kid, uh, we called him Ted. We smoked this blunt. And I was just like determined to get high, and so I got high, and that was like that. I I really think that was like the best high of my life. Yeah, that's the what they say a lot of the times. Yeah. Like I I I don't think anything could compare to that. I mean, it's the most psychedelic. It was the most like like uh, you know transcendent. It yeah. Was just it was truly. So and then I also jerked off for the first time. Uh, really, Christmas break. Senior At seventeen, yeah. yeah. So around the same time, like right before I smoked weed for the first time, I jerked off for the first time. Have, uh, did you come from a religious household? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was indeed. wondering why that. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that was that was. When <laughs> I guess it... I didn't need to ask that. I mean, that was kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like who? Who like? Who's just like who's just sixteen? They're like, I'm gonna do no fab. You know, like <laughs> no fab wasn't around back then. I wasn't yeah, like they're like semen retention. Like, 
It's not what it was. It's like the only reason back then. The only reason was like you semen retention. There was no like I am an alpha male slash sigma because I go my own way. No, it was just you know. Yeah, you were told not to do it, so yeah, you just didn't do it. There was, there was, like nowadays, we have to like ask. Like, there's five different reasons everyone's doing everything that they're doing. I heard this term "sober curious." Interesting. When oh. my family was in town, okay. Because uh, uh, my brother-in-law, shout out Ryan Hunt, he's an executive chef, so he goes. But like, now he's well, now he's a corporate chef, so he goes wow. like all around the country, opening up this uh, the restaurant that he works for, um, and. He said something about like, I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people who would just give up drinking for a little while or something. He goes, oh, yeah, that's a big fad now. And I was like, what? And he goes, sober curious. Like all these bars that are like these kava bars that are popping up, no alcohol and Kratom. And I go, well, I know people who've overdosed on Kratom, but, you know, yeah. teach their own. Right. But um, I was like, what does that even mean? And he's like, oh, it's like anything. Like they're curious about what it would be like to just not have anything fucking with their brain for an extended period of time. And I go. I really had to earn my seat. And now these people are just like, oh, let's try it. Right, I like, oh, right, let's right. try it. And yeah. I was like, all right, I guess that's a yeah, What happened to the old, tr- you know, tried and true American way? You yeah. Know? Drink yourself. To death. To death. And then <laughs> On right, the at the, of death. right at the buzzer, you know, turn your life around. Have a story <laughs> of redemption. You know, it's not interesting if you're like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm drinking too much. It's affecting my health. Yeah. No. That's not. This is. You need about to health. know it's affecting. This is your why health. your soul is rotting. Yeah. You don't care about your liver. No. That is the only organ that regenerates for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I. I well, and even I know I shouldn't talk out of turn, but even at meetings when people are like, "Yeah, you know, I just got really drunk and I texted my ex-husband, and that's when I knew," or I texted my ex-wife, and that's when I knew I had a problem. I'm like. I was told by a doctor I should have been dead like a few hours ago. Right, right, right. And you were like drunk texting people. I mean, it takes what it takes. Hey, no, hey. no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> I've never, I don't even know what judging is. I've never judged anyone. <laughs> so <laughs> 17, things are getting crazy. Yeah. 2010, yeah. you're jerking off. You're smoking <laughs> weed. You're drinking rum and coke. <laughs> yeah. Smoking cigarettes. And then from there, because you got sober in 2014. So from there, was it just like a quick... Here yeah, we go. It was pretty quick. Like, I mean, I got in trouble the first time I smoked weed, and I was like, I'm going to, because I told it myself, because yeah. whatever. I Guilt. Guilt, shame, you know. Uh, you know. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, but I was like, I can't wait to smoke weed again. Yeah. You know, like, I, and I did. Like, the first opportunity I could figure it out and not get in trouble, I did. Are and you then, playing music at this point? Yeah. You grew, yeah. Did you grow up playing music? Um, I started playing music probably when I was like 10. Okay. Okay. And then I just wanted it for yeah. context because then we transitioned into the, uh, I wanted to be a rock star Kurt Cobain kind of lifestyle, which is just from what I've gathered from context clues is a very different lifestyle than what you grew up in. So when you yeah. decided to do music, you already had a musical background. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and that was like, you I'm know, I, I'm I tracking. I'm maybe with you. I could be like. Like kind of you, t- like you two, yeah. Like kind of subtle, like ooh, we're Christian, but we're subtle, yeah. You know, we're okay, kinda, yeah, we, yeah. we make it sexy. We're still like, you know, worldly. You know what I mean? Like you two, you know. Oh, like, I'm Bono. You know, you know Switchfoot. Maybe that's a little bit more on the nose, but you know, um, yeah. So that was kind of where, uh, like, the Killers. They're they're kind of yeah, yeah. They're kind of Christian. There's uh, Ari Shafir has a great. Uh, I don't know if it's a bit, but I heard him talk about it on a podcast yeah. where he's like, it's the best Christian rock band ever. And people yeah. are like the Killers, and he goes. Hundred percent of Christian rock band. Yeah, if you listen, yeah, it's like I don't, I don't feel like it is really Christian rock. I wouldn't classify it as Christian rock. Uh, maybe it's just because I like the Killers so much. And I don't <laughs> like Christian rock. You, you don't know? want to admit you like Christian <laughs> rock, <laughs> but like, dude, they're so good. So uh, you, uh, when did so what happens? So you're smoking, you're doing all this crazy stuff, and then this, you're at seventeen. I'm assuming you're still living at home. Yeah, and then. When do things change? I'm super interested and invested in this because for me, it was a much longer process. Okay. Like I started drinking late in my senior year of high school, same age, so 17. And then I kind of, because I played football and I wanted to play college football and stuff, I kind of kept everything. Like when I drank, I drank way too much, way too quickly. Right. But I would do it like once every couple of weeks, then once a week. And then when I stopped playing football and I lost that thing. Because, you know, yeah. as addicts, we have if we have something else to dump everything into that's more important than drugs or alcohol, we're, we're relatively okay. It's when that thing goes away and then drugs and alcohol for me became the most important thing. Right. So I don't for think you- I had that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why – that's what I'm saying is you got to do it so I mean, I so had quickly. that thing with music, but music is so like – 
like it's I would one always, the same, whatever, yeah. if I did a new drug, I would always be like, I got to play an instrument on this. And I would like, yeah. first time I ever got drunk, I like played drums and I was like, I can still play drums while I'm drunk. Yeah. You know, like smoking weed, like I'm I meant always, to do this. Like, yeah. Whatever it was like, uh, you know, I would always be able to play an instrument. I would always, that was kind of the thing that was kind of like the excitement to me is like, let me see how fucked up I can be and then still be in society. Oh, that's yeah. It's like I had that probably the ego and I probably still feel this way on some level where I'm like, where I'm like, I don't know. I just felt like everyone is dumb, yeah. and uh, the the way for me to be on their level is to make myself dumb with yep. chemicals, and then it's almost like it makes life fun. It's like a challenge. Like this is so easy. I could do like a shit ton of drugs that would knock all of you out, and then do it. Do the thing that you're doing fucked up. I say it all the time at work. People would be like, "Oh, I, I was thinking about calling out. I'm so hungover." And I go, "I used to come in hammered, right? Like, wait." Like hung out, yeah. yeah. Like you take an order and then you go in the bathroom and fucking throw up, and then you come out, you swish some mouthwash or take some, you know, Tic Tacs. You put the order in, and then you go take another order. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, that's what makes it makes life exciting. You yeah. Know? We used to drink. I used to drink trunk vodka in the Florida summer heat. Oof. I would keep a little uh, water bottle full of vodka in my trunk, and then like in between, this is when I worked at breakfast. In between breakfast rush and lunch rush, I'd go out to my car, smoke a cigarette, and fucking. This is after I went to rehab and relapsed, and just chug trunk vodka. You learned some new things. Yeah, even after you went to rehab, you dude, you got a better education. Yeah, come on, let's go. So yeah, you get into music, and are you in bands at this point? Yeah, I was in a band. <clears throat> I was in a band uh, called Holden. Okay. After Holden Caulfield, I'm catching the rye. Okay. Um, and that was uh. That was that band started like we like junior year. Okay. So by this time the band was still going. But um I think my friend Jeff, who was in the band with me, might have been in LA at this point. Cause he like left high school, like senior year and was just like This is in Indiana, right? Yeah. Okay. He's just like, I'm gonna live with our friend Sam in LA and he like did. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I think he did that like twice senior year. It was like a whole thing. And so yeah, so I was already in a band and um and yeah, I was playing, and then I was getting fucked Just up. Just getting fucked up? Yeah. And then when did you realize, oh, this might be a, an issue? Ah, dude, like so, so soon. Okay. Like, I remember like the first, so I smoke weed, and then like the next time I smoke weed, I remember like the first week I'm smoking weed. Like once I figured it out, I'm like, okay, now I can do this every yeah. day. So I'm like doing it every day. It's like the first week I'm smoking weed every day. This is while you're still in high school? Yeah. Okay. And um, it's probably like February, and- um. And then, like, I'm, like, smoking weed every day, and, like, I smoke weed before school, I smoke weed after school, and then I'm, like, hanging out with some of my other friends who's, who aren't smoking weed like that. Yeah. Like, they've smoked it, but they're not smoking it, like, every day. And there's just kind of, like, an attitude from them that – and maybe it was in my head, maybe it was imagined, but it was kind of, like, dude, you're going down a dark path or, like, whatever. And I Shut remember, up, nerd. <laughs> yeah. And I also remember just being, like, fuck, this kind of, like, already isn't doing it, you know? Yeah. Like I was like, fuck, like what do you do? What do you do next? Like and now I'm like, go home and like watch a movie with my mom or something. Like I just remember feeling like so empty, you know, and just like and that was like Oh yeah, like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was a feeling that would uh follow me the rest of my life. And uh <laughs> Oh, with or without drugs, turns out. And uh turns out, <laughs> turns out it's a spiritual and mental malady. Turns out like, it turns out there's just an emptiness inside that that nothing will fill. Just a hole. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So it was just like it was. You know, and then I got into speed real quick, Vivance. Okay. And um, you know, it just it's just like I would always, you know, prioritize, you know, obviously drugs and and drinking over uh, everything else. You know, like for a while, like you know, just kind of like it was just it was just. And then my parents were very strict, so it was just like not a good combo. Yeah, you know? that it sounds was like miserable. It was just like like my parents found my bowl, and they were like like senior year, and they were like they like confronted me about it on four twenty later that day, and and I was just like I tried to be rational with them, like they're like what is this, and I was like it's a marijuana bowl, I smoke marijuana now, and they're like what what, ah. and like they were like like it like my dad like freaked out. And was like, what the, like, what do you mean you smoke weed? And like, it rots your brain and like all this stuff. And it's like, meanwhile, he had told me that he used to smoke weed every day and he was an alcoholic and he, he got sober. Okay. Um, and then I found out like once I was sober that he wasn't as sober as I thought. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, that explains the emotional distant father figure. <laughs> I had. 
Uh, I love it when that happens, when people tell me, like, oh, no, I'm not drinking, except yeah. for, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I thought it was, like, my first, like, understanding of it was, like, I was, like, maybe 15 or 16, and he was, like, yeah, so, uh, you know, I had a problem when I was younger. You shouldn't do it because it's probably not going to work out. And, um, and uh, like, he was, like, yeah, I used to smoke weed every single day. And I remember being like, oh, man, dad, dad used to be cool, you know, like, like, <laughs> that's sweet. And then but I like thought he got sober when he was like 20 or yeah. 18. And then that was it. And that was not the case. That was uh, that's funny. So you thought he was like sober, like program sober, like sober, sober. Well, he had been. Yeah. But I thought he had stayed continuously. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then and then that turns out. No, it's not cumulative. That did not that did not that had not been the case. There was like a pastor that told. I feel so bad sometimes saying certain things. Whatever, he's never going to listen to this. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, maybe maybe people will learn from it. You know. Yeah, that's the whole point, man. So in 2010, you start everything. Tell me about the Halloween party in 2011. 2011. Okay, so this was. Uh, all right. So where are you? Um. So 2011 would have been your senior year. Yeah, but this at this point this is the fall, so I graduated. Okay. In May I I uh, graduated. Okay. And so, are you still living at home? No, I I moved out to my friend Jeff's house. Okay, um, that's what I was saying. It was like very quick, like with the parents yeah. and religious, like you know, like I just I started smoking weed every single day. I drink when I could. I would do five ants when I could, um, and it just kept you know. Like so, now I'm living at Jeff's. Um, so, do you move out immediately? No, when you graduate, because no. I when I was I graduated at seventeen, and then within like two weeks, I had my own apartment. Because I took a semester off from college okay. to get ready to go play football, um, it's a long, convoluted story. But I didn't know I was going to go play, and then I realized that I did want to go play, so I ended up going later in the year. So basically, there's a, almost an entire uh, school year in between high school and college that I just took off, and like, so I had my own apartment within two weeks after graduating high school. So I understand what you're saying when it's like, oh no, I was done with school, and then I moved in with my buddy and stuff like that because. The thing I never understood, and tell me if you were similar or if not, but in my experience, it's like, oh, no, if I'm going to, like, I don't want to be, like, if I'm visiting my parents, I'll stay with them, but I don't want to live, I don't want to be beholden to anybody. Yeah. Like, I want to do what I want to fucking do. Totally. So I, like, I, I, you know, obviously I even have family members where they would, like, even after they graduated college, they would move back home for a couple months while they figured things out. And I was like, oh, no, like, I've been, I've been rolling on my own leases or other people's leases when I had girlfriends and bad credit. <laughs> For fucking, what is it, 14 years now? Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. So you graduate high school and then you're like, I'm out. No, I, um, it was just like, it just got so weird because like, that's what's so sad in retrospect is like, I had all these big ideas about my life. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I started doing drugs and, and drinking, it's like, kind of is true where it's like, it just kind of narrows your thinking, yeah. you know, like. Like I look back sometimes, I'm like, that's so stupid. Why? Like I couldn't stand my parents. Why? Could, why didn't I just like decide? Like they were like, well, we're not going to support you if you go to college because you smoke weed now. And so it's like, really, yeah. And it's like, um, and sometimes like when I say things like that, I'm like, I don't even know if that's true. Like I don't even know if I believe. Is that just something I've been telling people Made for up, all these yeah. years? But honestly, I do think that is basically true. I, yeah. I think that. I think that. I'm almost positive that. <laughs> I don't know. It's insane. You can't even believe. Yeah. Because then, because then also you get sober and you take accountability and you're like, oh, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. And then you're like, so you know, it, everything's my fault. You know, yeah. And then you're like, whatever. That's one of the hardest things is that fifth column or yeah. the fourth column when he's like, well, what was your partner? And I go, fucking nothing. <laughs> this person's a dickhead. And he goes, no, nah, that's not how that works. And it's like, no. fine. Maybe I overreacted. Yeah. So I all the time. <laughs> yeah. Totally. No. I, yeah. The mind is a prison. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> 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 so uh, what happens? Okay, what what the hell? What did you ask me? We were talking about uh, your transition from high school into uh, living with Jeff. Yeah, my I just I just started li like I started living in such a scarcity mindset. Is basically what I'm saying, right? So so then instead of thinking like, okay, I'll just go to college, I'll get a student loan like everyone else. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm 18. Let me be an idiot. You know, I was just like, oh, uh, okay. Like I all I thought about was like just getting high. Like so I didn't think about like. Like, okay, let me just plan an escape route here. Or like, yeah. let me get my money together. Like, let me work a job, save some money, do something. Let me, no, just totally like just whatever. Now my main focus is just 
smoking weed and doing pills when I can. And like, yeah. so then it's just like, so right after high school, my dad's like, you got to get a job at this factory. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a job at this factory. It's like, in retrospect, why, why would I do that? Like, I'm just, I'm at the, the height of like, I'm not at the height, but I'm like, I'm a blossoming young yeah. intellectual artist, like in my head, like, why am I going to go work in a factory? I should just be like, okay, I'm fucking leaving, yeah. you know, and live somewhere else. But I didn't. And so I work at a factory and then, um, over the summer and then everyone's going off to college and stuff. And I was like, I got a job in another factory. Oh, shit. Like, Cause I wasn't, because I fucked up like a one, I got a diploma or whatever, but like, it's so weird. I got like accepted into like the college's. There was a college, like Indiana University. I got accepted there. Oh, shit. But then like community college, they were like, you're missing a science credit. So then I had to go to the Indiana University High School to get the science credit so that I could start going to community college. What? So crazy. And that was a big resentment for years. I was like, the system fucked me. Like, yeah, uh. that's nuts. And it's like, well, you know, it's because you – when you – went to go take that last science class. You wanted to get high instead of taking yeah, it. Yeah, so. so you just never went, yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, why. Um, but it is. it was, like, just another, like, you know, snowball effect of just, like, okay, one bad decision leads to yeah. another bad decision, leads to a bad situation, you know. Um, so then I worked at this factory again, and I'm just, like, I was there for, like, two or three days, and then I got, like, a speed pill, like a Vyvanse, and I was just, like, I remember, like, I like I went to work. I went down to work because my dad like sold chemicals to the to the factory. That's mm-hmm. how he was able to get uh, the job. Okay, yeah, and um, so I bring something for my dad to them, like deliver it. But I didn't work my shift just so he wouldn't know that I didn't. So I, like I was like, so you planning. showed up, yeah. dropped the thing off, and then and, you're then, like, and I'm it's out. like an hour away. Yeah, and it was because I took a speed pill the night before and it kicked in. So then, like, and I hadn't done speed in a while, and back then I didn't have like a steady connect. So like I was like five ants or Adderall, and like I think I took another one. I just I leave. I go back up north. I buy a new bass guitar. Shit, it's like raining. I'm hanging no out with my friend Pat Sanders. On that, yeah. No, no, and um and then like by the end of that like whole bender, I was like I basically was like yeah fuck you guys I'm out and like I have this like I I guess I told my brother my older brother who I'm staying in his apartment now thank you. <laughs> um, he like quotes this like it's like a jolly memory and it's not a jolly memory to me at all. But he's like because I was like I was like I was sober ish like I wasn't on drugs, but I was like raging at them all. Yeah. And I was like, your education won't save you, Joe. And like like I yelled that at him and he like he will quote that now. And I'm like, that's not a happy <laughs> feeling inside. Like, don't say that. Or like because like that was that came from a very rageful, spiteful yeah. place because it was like, you know, he was going to Notre Dame. He was like the good you know, the older good son who was like making good decisions. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just stuck with the script. And so I was like raging at all of them. And that's like the thing that I was trying to cut deep with all of them. So for him, I was like, you know, your education won't save you. I'll see you all in hell. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like it's just And now he has a good job with his Notre Dame education, so it did save him. Yeah, it totally did save <laughs> it him. Saved you. That's well, what it living. saved him financially. We'll see spiritually. No. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, Joe. We'll see. You know, I don't know. You know, they say the the pathway to you know to heaven is you know through a a needle's eye or whatever. Oh, do they? I've yeah, I think that. Jesus said that. Okay. In the Bible, yeah, he said like the way to heaven is like it's through a, a needle's eye or something. It's hard. It's, a it's hard, very narrow. Yeah, hard club the, to get the into. Subtext. Yeah. <laughs> so Halloween 2011. 2011. So now I'm living, living with, with Jeff, Jeff, and now we're just doing whatever. No job. How are you uh, getting money? I had like three thousand dollars saved, okay. maybe a thousand from the factory. Yeah, from the factory, and I worked at McDonald's in high school. I've always worked, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And this was actually the first time in my life I didn't have high school. I didn't have uh, like a religious family. Like I didn't have a family. You had structure. nothing going on. Just just living at Jeff's. Him and like I would buy speed with his mom. His mom had a crooked doctor, oh, so yeah. we would buy speed from. Uh, like it was like the first time, like no structure, no job, no high school, no nothing. You know, just getting going out and getting fucked up on a Tuesday. Totally. And I was already doing that, but now it was like without any structure, yeah, you know, without any kind of restrictions. So um, Halloween, I we were hanging out with these younger kids and like at this time in our life. And they were like, um, dude, one of their like, this is kind of dark, but one of their friends committed suicide. Oh, that's sad. Because it was like a love triangle. And it was really weird. They were, It was like he loved the girl and then the girl, this girl. And yeah. I ended up making out with this girl one time, sucking her titties, but uh, that's as far as I got. But that's neither here nor there. And um, 
But that was that was like a year later, two years later. After, after. Yeah. So anyhow, this kid kills himself. So then it was really dark. It was really dark. Like we were all hanging out. Cause like the kids were like, take us to his mom's house. And then like they were on they were on Xanax. This was like first time I was really exposed to people being on Xanax. It's fucked up. And he was like, I'm gonna tell the kid's name was Spencer. I'm gonna tell Spencer's mom it was her fault. And I was like, the holy fuck shit. You I'm like are. giving him a ride. And I'm like parked outside of his mother's house. And I'm like, this is so, like I I'm so confused as to what I why I'm here yeah and what is going on like these were just kids you were hanging out with yeah like why we would just hang out with them because they would have weed and shit yeah and like a place to get fucked up and I actually met uh, a friend that I'm still friends with today that that night I remember because he stayed in the car with me and we talked about like the Beatles and shit okay and I remember it was like one of those situations where like based on the way he looked I was like. I don't know if we're gonna have that much in common, but then it ended up we did. And it was oh, like, that's oh, awesome! You know, yeah, it's like oh, marijuana brings people together. Um, you know that whole thing. Oh yeah. And um, so yeah, the next day I go to this party because that was a really dark night. And the next day I have no weed, and I go to this party. And so I show up, and I'm really anxious. I have no weed, so I start drinking like immediately. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had given money to someone to get me a bottle of gin. Ooh. I just decided like they like there was like a magazine, and I was like I picked gin. Like literally, I remember they like had like you know like the old grocery like, oh, yeah, cutouts, yeah, yeah. and they were like pick what kind of liquor you want, and I was like gin and juice. Like I love that song, so I just picked gin. Like that was like that's not. A I good was one. no, I just didn't have that much experience with like hard liquor, and it was kind of like a hipster thing. I yeah. wanted to be like cool. Oh, everyone drinks vodka. Like I want to have like a cool. But still, I mean, I work in a swanky steakhouse downtown, and gin is very much a hipstery thing. Even though it's yeah. not, but like if someone comes in and orders a gin, you're like, oh, you think you know what you're doing. And right. sometimes they do know what they're doing, right. but sometimes they don't. When I worked at steakhouses in Florida, because it's a lot of like garbage trash people that come in there, uh-huh. people would, you'd be shocked how often people would order that drink just because they've heard of it. And then they're like, this is disgusting. It tastes yeah. like, like, it tastes like herbs or oh, like flowers. Terrible. And I go, yeah, it's made from juniper. Yeah. And they're like, that's not what the song told me. <laughs> It's so like, bad. Yeah. It's dude, it's so bad. Uh so you pick gin and just get hammered. So yeah, so I'm already like I already drink like a tall boy and a beer, maybe two beers, three mm-hmm. beers, and then Seven. and I'm playing bass and then my gin comes and then I just start drinking like the end of the world. Like and I just I like dude, because now I've already got alcohol on me, so and so this is my first blackout, right? Yeah. So very quickly I'm just I'm drinking way too much. I'm dressed like a janitor. And, yeah, and so I'm I'm smashed already. Yeah. So then I start coming to, and there's like these are some of the moments that I come to. Right, one of the moments is like we're in a garage, and I'm like, "Who's gonna smoke weed with me?" You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm yelling like, "Someone needs to smoke weed with me!" Yeah. And like, and then I run into a table and shatter it, like, like a, a glass, glass table? table. Yeah. Oh my god. And that's not cool. So then I brown back out. Then I come to again, and there's this kid, Brian Bolin. And and Brian Bolin, years prior, when I was like a good Christian boy, uh, came to this paintball field that I worked at, and uh, it was and and he like got into a fight with some of the people there. Yeah. And then one of my friends hit him with a paintball barrel on his nose and broke his nose. Holy shit! And then those like, things are hard. Yeah. And then he fled. And so now, or he fled, or like the cops came and my friends fled. Either way, yeah. that's just like a that was a thing that happened. So drunk Danny sees him, remembers that, and also is feeling feeling like, some sort of way about feeling, it. Yeah, feeling like you know how you're when you're drunk. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. And so I'm like, hey Brian, remember that time my friend smashed your nose with a paintball barrel? And he's like, uh. Yeah, I I do remember. Is there something you want to say or something? I was like, I just think it's funny that that happened. Remember that that happened, and I'm acting like all like menacing for no reason. And I'm in no remember that that <laughs> happened. Like it's just insane. Like, it's like what? that scene that scene in training that you ever had your shit pushed in. Yeah, it's just like what? So he was actually rel- you know he was cool about it. He didn't yeah. kick my ass. But so that was a that was thing. Then I I brown back out. I'm on the couch and I'm like yelling like fuck you. To who? Everyone. To everyone. People are walking by. I'm like, fuck you. And my friend Alex McLean is there with me, and he's talking to me, and he's like, Danny, stay with me. Stay with me. I'm like, okay. Okay. He's like, stay with me. You're here. This is Jake Ely's party. It's Halloween. I'm like, okay, okay. He's like, you're pretty drunk. Okay. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like piecing together life. And then all of a sudden, someone will walk by. I'm like, hey, fuck you, man. Fuck (laughs) you. 
And I'm like taking out all my rage, you know, on these people. And so then I brown out again. And then I come to at this point and I'm walking towards the kitchen. This kid, Chris Sons, the guy who sold me the, yeah. the first blunt ever, he's snorting something at a table. So I walk up to him. This was always a classic move of mine. I'd stumble up to him, push him out of the way, grab the bill, and, and then snort. just snort whatever's there. And I look at him. He's like, that was Xanax. And I'm like, oh. Because I only had done Xanax like one time. Before. Well, and it affects the same part of your brain as alcohol. So if you're already fucking hammered, you're going to be gone. Went right back out. Yeah, lights right out. Right back out. Come to, now I'm in the middle of a living room. How many hours are passing between brownouts? I have no idea. Yeah. Probably right. probably like an hour. Yeah. You know? This is probably like, this is the last of the of the. I was going to say moments. that Xanax, I'm surprised didn't knock you out for like till the next day. Yeah. Who knows? Like maybe this was before. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. I don't remember the actual. Again, maybe none of this happened. You know, like. <laughs> We don't. Is this just a story that I've told for years? Like, and now it's in my head. Yeah, you know. So you do the Xanax, and then you wake up in the living, living room? room, right? And it's dark, mm-hmm. and all I'm wearing is a girl's coat that's yeah, down are. to here, and Grinch boxers, which makes sense. Those were my boxers, but no other clothes. And I'm like, oh no, I have to throw up. So I take the coat off, and I go like this. Is I know this is not my coat. Yeah, right. It doesn't fit. I throw up into the coat, fold it over. Like a burrito, no. and then go back to sleep on it. Oh my god! Then I hear a bunch of laughing. Turns out there's an audience around me. Like there's people who are sleeping on the couch, so they're seeing all this. And I'm like too ashamed and too like I'm starting to probably be hungover at this point. Yeah. So I'm just like go to sleep. And then the next day, I woke up and covered just, in vomit, dude. Like the the dude who's like girl whose girl's coat that was. He was like. He's like, I'll smooth it over, whatever. He was like, cool about it, which I was surprised that anyone liked me at this party yeah. anymore. And yeah, I was like hung over for like two days after that. Yeah, I've God, those yeah. are the worst. I could barely drive home. And that's why I always chose like drugs yeah. over alcohol. Like I would drink for sure, but I always like drugs more. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the hangover is not nearly as bad. Yeah, because it's just easier to like, <laughs> I never really could get into the whole like, like you get hung over and then you start drinking again. Yeah. To deal with it. Whereas the like, dog, yeah. Where drugs that always made sense. Like Well, see, and that's interesting you yeah. bring that up because that's the way that people, you know, I've talked to plenty of people um where one of their main reasons for continuing to use heroin is they don't want to come off heroin because yes. it sucks. Being dope sick sucks. Mm-hmm. Um but that was always a, a thing for me was you wake up in the morning, you're hung over and then you do a couple shots for breakfast to get fucking going. Mm-hmm. And Cause that's, but it's so weird that you're saying like I I never got like doing that with drinking like drugs it makes all the sense yeah. in the world but with drinking that's like seems stupid and it's like yeah I mean I guess it does but at the same time as an alcoholic I'd look at the heroin addicts and be like just stop just don't like what do you, that seems stupid right so it's, right. I mean it's just a, a, our experience I guess is the difference yeah it's just to- it's whatever you prefer yeah I mean I think it's just because like the hangovers like the nausea. Yeah, I was just like, oh, that thing that just made me so nauseous. I don't want to do more of that. Yeah, that's true. Like, I want something that'll smooth it over. You know, like yeah. a pill. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's where the pills come in, baby. Yeah. I wanted to ask, um, the because you mentioned heroin. Do, do you remember the first time you did heroin? Yeah. When was that? How far after 2011 was that? It was. Um, You're like December. That was October. This no, is it was it was April or May. 12? Of 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just partied with weed and pills and stuff until 2013. Yeah, it just kept escalating. Like yeah. it was, you know, it was, it was weed and speed and, and just kind of whatever was around, mushrooms, acid. Ecstasy was big for a while. Yeah. Meth when I went to California. Then I got back. Then I got into like Xanax. Okay. And, uh, and still everything would just build on top mm-hmm. of everything that existed, you know? And then like, you know, drinking more and more and, and stuff and- and then, you know, I would do opiate pills, but whatever. And then this is around the time when I was just like a total garbage head. Yeah. Like I was doing everything, like a lot of Xanax, um, LSA, Morning Glory. What is that? You like grind up Morning Glory seeds. Okay. And you can make this like this. They say it's like LSA. It's kind of like, it's like a hallucinogenic. It feels like you're kind of coming up on mushrooms, but you never peak. Oh, okay. You just kind of everything gets a little trippy. So you oh. kind of throw that into the mix. Yeah. Just why not? So in 2013, May or April, I was living at this gay guy's house, and I um, gave for this day, and uh, no, I didn't, he, he didn't fuck me, and I didn't fuck him, and uh, just clarifying. Yeah, thanks know, for clearing that up. Yeah, just in case anyone was wondering, uh, 
But he wanted to, you know. Yeah. He, because he took out his cock one time. I didn't ask him to, and he masturbated in front of me. And some people might clarify, might classify that as sexual assault. I'm not sure, but <laughs> you don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I, that did that happened. That know, did happen. I know for sure that happened. We were watching a beautiful mind. But this was after that. This was after <laughs> that. I was living with him um, because I saved his life from someone. He in his head, I saved his life because there was another one of our friends was homophobic and was trying to assault him physically, uh, not with his cock like he would do, but um, <laughs> like he did with you. Yeah, like he did with me. And so I was staying with him rent free. Wow. And I was a drug addict, and I was just like getting fucked up all the time. And like I said, so the the gay stuff does obviously factor into the story. This is the first time I did heroin, right? Yeah. So he, I don't know, he was maybe, I don't know what he was doing, but that that morning I was doing Morning Glory and Vivance. Mm-hmm. You know those? Yeah. Like Vivance, um, I probably was on like, they were like 70 milligrams. I was on like maybe two or three. Damn. Um, we were drinking champagne. I was drinking champagne, smoking weed. Yeah, it's the morning. And yeah, you know, just getting fucked up. And this girl, uh, I won't say her name, but whatever, Lauren. Uh, I won't say her last name for yeah, whatever reason. There's a lot of Laurens. I, I, I don't know. And so, yeah, don't because then you're gonna text me in an hour and be like, "Hey, can you edit that out?" And I'm gonna be like, "Son of a bitch." Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll just do. I'll do you a favor. So uh, so she, her, we were hanging out with her younger brother, mm-hmm. and then she comes over to party with us. And we're partying, and then like I'm like making the morning glory, and then I'm like, where'd Lauren go? Because I was like, I know Lauren does heroin. Yeah. So I'm like, this might be the day for me to try heroin, because I always wanted to try heroin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just could never find someone to like sell it to me or whatever. And um, I asked the one kid, his name was like Mark or something. I'm like, where'd Lauren go? And he's like, oh, Lauren left. I like, called her a junkie or whatever. I was like, that's fucked up, Mark. What's wrong with you? So I go you know, run down the street. I find her. I'm like, what's the matter, Lauren? And she's like, oh, you know, Mark called me a junkie or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's messed up. You know, I was like, Fucking Mark, but man. like, Mark, dude, but like, but like, like you, you do do heroin though, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do heroin, but I'm trying not to or whatever. I'm like, well, well, I'm trying. I like, I, I'm I, trying want, to. I want to do heroin, Lauren. And she's like, no, you don't want to do this. And I was like, <laughs> I know, but I do. I do want to do this. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trying to quit, but just how about today? How about no? She was totally. She's a junkie. She yeah. was a junkie piece of shit. She was a lying junkie. She was. She was going to get her. She was going to her house. Like you talking about the emotions thing earlier. Yeah. She was probably pretending to be upset with yeah. herself. Like, oh, I'm upset, so I'm gonna go get high. Like that's not real. Yeah, that's she not... just wanted to leave to go do heroin. Like, it's this... so funny. Like I, I'm recently going through a, uh, a breakup. The uh-huh. girl, the girlfriend, uh, Savannah, she's a friend of the show, been on the show a bunch, but we moved here together, and we're going through a breakup, and it's so. Fitting that you talk about that, how that overly emotional thing. Yeah. Because when it, like, I can watch an extra gum commercial and I'll fucking start sobbing because I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. But, but like real things, like real life, like I'm going through a breakup and like my family calls because they're freaking out. They're like, you okay? Like, you're not gonna, you like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, like, Oh, we broke up, so now I'm going to be like, oh, and we broke up, and I'm upset, and so I'm going to go get fucked up. Like, that's not real. Right. That's not that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, when you hit a significant bottom, and then you go through kind of the shit that we've gone through to get and stay sober. It's like, you learn that that's not a thing. That's right. not how you no. deal with things. Mm. So, it's so fitting that you're, you're saying that, because when everyone called me freaking out, and I go, yeah, like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but don't get like too upset, blah, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, I've done a, I did a roast one time, even though I don't do roast, but I did a roast one time. And literally the comics on the judging panel were like, we don't know you and we're never going to know you. Like you're horrible. Like you should kill yourself. You should move back to wherever you came from. And that crushed me because these are all comics that aren't like, I don't look up to like they're my level kind of comics. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Right. But again, same thing where I wasn't like, oh, I'm mad and upset and I'm going to go get fucked. Like that's not a thing. Right. So Lauren leaves and she's like, I'm going to go get fucked up because I'm upset. So let's go do heroin. And you're yeah. like, hey, yeah, let's go do heroin. That's right. No, it's true about the emotions thing, you know? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Just fucking so, figure it out. Like, Yeah, it's just like – but it's funny that you talk about the roast battle thing though because I feel like that is something where I'm like, ah, sometimes I feel emotionless. But it's like, eh. It's kind of like – <laughs> oh, I definitely feel it, but it's, it's not like, something I'm going to like drink over is what I'm yeah, like. I right, definitely right. feel it, but it's like, yeah, which is valid to feel the emotion. 
But to use that as an excuse for action is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, totally, totally. And I watch. I'm going to get a phone call when I get out of here, and I'm going to get so upset and be like, I'm going to go drink. Well, no, I get Because what I was going to say is, like, sometimes I'll feel like I'm emotionless. I'm like, ah, my grandpa died. Why couldn't I cry at the funeral? But then it's like some girl that I saw for two weeks, we stopped seeing each other, and I'm like, I'm sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do have emotions, but only when it involves me. Yeah. You know, like when it It's almost like we're personally. selfish and self-centered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I go to Lauren's and then. So you end up going back to her place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. I convince her to, to, le- to let me try heroin. And I'm sure she, that wasn't a rigorous convincing. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to do it. <laughs> okay. No, I, she gave up a good fight. She, okay. played, she played the part well. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> and so, uh, but looking back in retrospect, knowing what I know now about being a heroin addict, I could see like. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving her too much credit, but I think that, I think that if I were her, I would say, I would say no, 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 and then I would say yeah, and then I would give the person a little taste, and then I would find out if they had any money to get more mm-hmm. before that I gave them a taste, and then use that, like get the money from them, and then rob them and be done. Yeah, and which is what happened. Um, so she like, so like, she's like, I'm like, can you give me a little to snort? She's like, I don't really have that much, so I'll give you, I'll shoot you up. And I was like, okay. Oh, so you went full. Yeah. So, like, in retrospect, what she probably did is she probably fixed her shot, and then you can do a rinse shot. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, rinse shot is like, it's like smoking resin with weed. Yeah, the excess. It's like the, you know, whatever. Leftover. Yeah. Leftover on the spoon. So she shoots me up with something, you know. And listen, I had no, like, real tolerance or anything, and I'm drunk, and I'm high, and it's the novelty of, like. Yeah, you see the needle going in. yeah. Yeah, so I'm like. Whoa! Like I felt like like fucked up. And Did it you throw good. up? No. Then it definitely wasn't. It probably wasn't enough, really, yeah. of anything. But it definitely like it for whatever. It was like a booster. And I was yeah. like, oh, I want to do more of this. And so open that door. I told her I was like, she's like, I'm gonna go get some tomorrow. And I was like, I think I gave her like ten dollars to go get me more. Or no, she came by the next day. So anyhow, so so she's like gonna go to bed. So I have another bottle of champagne that I stashed in the the bushes Mm -hmm. so i'm drinking that and then i gotta go back to this gay dude's house where i'm staying so on the way home this is where it's like the funny part of the story i remember i like went now i'm remembering i went to this gas station i ran into someone so random Mm -hmm. i don't know what the who that was or what we said but i remember that now it's like i just remember that memory so that happens and i'm walking home or walking to the gay guy's house from over there in crown point to over here and my buddy who i was in a band with told me that there was this gay dude that he let blow him sometimes for fake Xanax and just based on that information and he said and he lives like somewhere like whatever in Crown Point and so dude I don't even know how like I didn't know this dude's address this wasn't like I had a smartphone or anything I didn't even have a phone at this time in my life based on that I remember that and I'm like I'm gonna get this gay dude to come over to where I'm staying so that him and the other gay dude like hang out and they can leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Because I just want to like enjoy this heroin eye, you know. So I like go to this dude's house. I don't know how I knew where he lived. I have That's no idea. Insane. I was like, I knock on this door and this girl answers. She's kind of got like this weary look, like, oh, another straight guy here. Yeah. To like get blown by my gay brother, and she's like, Stephen, <laughs> like, like he's here, and I'm like. So we've never met. Me and this yeah. dude have never met. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of playing the game. I'm like, hey, what's up? So, like, my friend Jake told me about you. And, you know, I'm just just like seeing what's up. And I'm like kind of playing coy. But yeah. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I am in the driver's seat. So I like, mentioned, like, the Xanax. And he's like, yeah, of course I have some Xanax. And it ended up being Boost Bar. But I didn't know any better, you know, at the time. What's a Boost Bar? It's like, it's like non, it's like. Fake Xanax. Okay. It's like non-narcotic it, it Xanax. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get you high. It like it sort of gets you fucked up, but it's like not really. Yeah, yeah. So he gives you some of that. He gives you some wine, and I'm like snorting some. I'm popping some, and um, and I'm drinking some wine. I'm acting coy. I'm like, let's go back to my place or whatever. And so I get him back to my place, and uh, and then I'm like, so surprise. And I'm like, so yeah. I'm like, Josh, meet Stephen. Stephen's gay. Stephen. Josh is also gay. Proceed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go to sleep now. Like, I just like, it was just my way of saying like, hey, fuck Leave off. Leave me like, alone. I'm yeah, not gay yeah. and I'm tired of being like, you know, harassed. Yeah. Harassed. And so, and my friend Zach, I remember my friend Zach was there and he was like, uh, 
I remember he, I think he left, but yeah. So then I just like took the rest of the pills and I went to sleep. And that was the first time I did heroin. And then were you, you immediately wanted to do more of it? Yeah. So the next day I was like, hey, Lauren, can you get me more? Yeah. And I gave her $10. And she's like, I'm going to the city and I'll come back. Of course, they never come back. Oh, shit. So she just took your money? Yeah, totally. Dude, we're almost out of time, but I definitely, shit. you got to come back on. Yeah. Because we literally just got into two stories out of the whole list you sent me. A lot of, yeah. This is why I love having people on who are sober now, because they yeah. always have some of the best stories. Plug everything one more time. Plug your special, your social media, all that. Sounds good. All right. So on Instagram, it's Danny Fallon, ha-ha, H-A-H-A, Fallon, like F-A-L-L-O-N. Uh, Facebook, Danny Fallon. TikTok, Danny Fallon, ha-ha. YouTube, Danny Fallon, ha-ha. Or just look up Danny Fallon. And I got a special on there. My ex-drug dealer. Check about, it out. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on, dude. This was so much fun, man. Thanks for having me. This was absolutely. Uh, Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Thank you, everyone who came out to the one man show. It was a big success. Uh, Love it. Uh, We have Joe Dorville, friend of the show, co-host of the Cheers from the Press Box. He's going to edit it, so we should have it up and ready to go in the next uh, couple months. So keep an eye out for that and subscribe on Patreon. We'll talk to y'all next week. Take care. Take care.